This sermon was recorded at Church of the Ascension, an Anglican parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, whose mission is to be a worshipping community that equips God's people and shares Christ's healing with a broken world. For more information, please visit ascensionpittsburgh.org. Good evening. <laughs> it is wonderful to be here with you and uh, brings out lots of fond memories. Uh, when we were at Truro Church, we used to have weekends away at a place called Shrymont in the hills, the Shenandoah Hills, and so I feel very much at home. Uh, but very grateful for your friendship, Jonathan and Andrea, uh, and indeed for your welcome here. Let me pray first, and then I'll share something of my story. Father God, we thank you and we bless you for this night. We thank you for this fellowship, for this wonderful family of faith. And we pray, Lord, that indeed you would teach us as we gather together, bless us and encourage us. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have guessed right now, I did not grow up in Pittsburgh. Um, I grew up in England, in a town called Nottingham. Yes, there is still a sheriff, and there was a Robin Hood. Um, but I grew up in, I was born in 1943, before most of you were born. Uh, and um, got to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior at a very early age. It's kind of an interesting little story how I first got to know Jesus as a real person because we lived in what today they called um, townhouses. Uh, in those days it was terraced houses, just two up, two down, no indoor plumbing. And there's one source of heat, and that was the coal fire in the living room. And so that was uh, our home, and uh, my bedroom was up above the living room. And I had the great privilege of having my bed head next to the wall where the chimney was. It was warm there. And my next door neighbor, a lady we would refer to as auntie, we had the tradition in England of calling uh, single ladies auntie as a way of respect. And Auntie Maud was a faithful Christian. And every morning she would clear out the ashes from the fire, from the overnight fire, and prepare for the new day. And she would say her prayers. And she would talk to Jesus. She lived alone, uh, but she had Jesus with her at all times. And I would listen in to her prayers. It was the most amazing privilege, because for her, Jesus was very present, was very real, and was her closest and dearest friend. And so as a small child, when life got tough, and you may have picked up by now, I can get a bit mouthy. Um, and that's an English expression, by the way. Uh, it means uppity. Uh, and so when life got tough at home, I would escape and go to Auntie Maud's uh, because I knew that she knew someone that I could always talk to. And so I came, really came to know Jesus as my own uh, friend. I wouldn't have called Savior and Lord. That was too fancy language. He was simply my friend. And then I was part of a little Baptist church uh, where I fell in love with the scriptures. Now, some of you may have grown up Baptist. Uh, you may remember sword drill. Anyone remember sword drill? I love sword drill. I have a certain competitiveness in my heart, and so I would love to win Bible drills. And uh, so I really came to know and love Scripture at a very early age and realized that was the ground on which I could stand. But then as I grew, I enjoyed the Baptist church, but there was a major drawback in the Baptist church. It was very small, and there was no youth group. Now, you know when you're 15 years old, a youth group is necessary for life. 
And so I'd heard from my friends at school that there was a youth group at the local Church of England with girls. Uh, and so I wandered down to the Church of England and uh, sat at the back and watched them do their thing, which is very strange for a Baptist boy to watch Church of England stuff, walking around in dresses and stuff. Um, and I saw this blue-eyed blonde sitting at the back. And I thought, she's the one. And uh, then I met Ralph, her father, which was a bit of a challenge because Ralph was the British bulldog in, in person. And he made it clear if I was going to get to know his daughter, by the way, she is here tonight, that blue-eyed blonde. It was 57 years ago we've been married. So I met her when I was 15, so that means I've known her 63 years and still haven't a clue how she thinks. Uh, <laughs> Every day I, I cannot figure her out. So. Anyway, Ralph made it clear that I had to join the church and the choir. I was telling Jean that uh, I, was, I had to learn to sing to take the girl out. But she was worth it. Uh, and so joining the church was a big deal. Because, you see, as a Baptist, I'd not been baptized yet because we had the tradition in England, I think you do it here still, that you have to come to an age of, you know, some kind of age of maturity. And I'd obviously I'd not reached that. And so I had to get prepared for baptism and confirmation. And that was the most important part of my early Christian life because I had to think, what does it mean to be a Christian? It's one thing just to kind of be caught up in the whole thing, but I had to really stop and say, what does it mean? And here I am... 15, 16, 17 years old, at high school, studying mathematics, loved math, that was my thing, and, and kind of really digging into the whole mathematics and physics world. And at the same time, I had to dig into what it meant to be a Christian. And that was a crucial time for me because I really had to say, well, what does it mean to be a disciple of Christ? How does that change the way I see the world? Uh, and so those, I, and I still remember he was, I'm just checking, how long have I been going, Jonathan? Are you watching me? You're watching, okay. Um, I still remember his name was man is called Mr. Thornber. Doesn't that sound like an English vicar? He Mr. Thornber, who's about this big, and he put me through my paces. He made sure I knew scripture, I knew prayer book, I knew church history, all to get confirmed. Uh, and it was vital for me because I began, I, I shifted from being, if you like, I was a Christian by conviction. Uh, but then I became a Christian by commitment. I made a real commitment to following and serving Christ. Uh, and I've been forever grateful for Mr. Thornber. And uh, I do wish we could do a little better job with some of our confirmation prep stuff because it really is serious stuff to become a Christian, to be a follower of Christ, especially in today's world. Uh, so 15, 16, um, I still got my prayer book and stuff and um, went off to college where I studied more mathematics. By the way, any math majors here? Yes, yes. The founders of the universe are present tonight. Um, uh, if you don't understand that mathematics is the foundation nothing else makes sense without math it's like theology actually there's a great correlation between the two uh, but then went off to university studied mathematics and Angela being faithful waited for me to graduate and then we married and did what we thought was the normal thing you graduate get married buy a house have kids isn't that the normal order um, we discovered it's not so usual but then I sprung a surprise on my dear wife. I said, we're going to go to America. 
And I promise it's just for three years. We're still here. And she remembers my promise, so we have to go back every year to visit, just to renew her English accent. Uh, but, but we became part of a little church called St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Darien, Connecticut. And we had no clue what that was all meant for us. Uh, even the story of going there was quite fascinating. We'd arrived in town. We hadn't got a car yet. We hadn't got credit. We had nothing. We just arrived from England. Uh, and so we called the two churches, and the receptionist at St. Luke's, the big downtown church, said, oh, it's way too far for you to walk. It was two miles. Uh, we called St. Paul's. It's four miles from our house. Oh, sure you could. And so... We started off the church Sunday morning. I was dressed in my three-piece wool suit. It was September. Angela was dressed in those strange shoes you know, that women used to wear with long pointy toes and pointy heels. And we had a baby carriage with Sarah, our eldest, who was 20, 19 months, and then Helen in it. And we started walking four miles. It's a long way. We staggered into the church just as they were finishing the sermon. And... Uh, we never walked again. They saw us. We were hard to miss. Uh, and we got rise ever since. But that church became our home, became our family, became the place where we were nurtured. It also became the place where we encountered the Holy Spirit in a very personal way because St. Paul's was part of that whole move of the Holy Spirit, that charismatic renewal, uh, that was very organic. It was not a program. You didn't sign on for this. It was just something that began to happen and brought us into it. Uh, and as a Baptist, that was a very hard thing because I thought Holy Spirit stuff was for the, the Pentecostals. You know those strange people? Or Americans, emotional people. Um, uh, and so for me, it was a, a really serious investigation for my part to really read Scripture and say, where is the place? Because, see, the Baptists think it's love Jesus and try harder. That's our operational theology. Isn't that true? But for me to learn, I could depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit to, to drive, to lift, to, to care, to, to direct my life was a special gift. And so that really became a life-changing moment for me. Uh, I still love mathematics, by the way. It's still vital. Uh, still helps me understand all these other crazy people. Um, but it was, for me, the Spirit of God that began to motivate and to direct and to work from within me uh, to change my heart in many ways uh, and to turn me into the beginning of the journey I'm on right now. So, I thank God for being here. I thank God for Auntie Maud. Uh, she would never guess that she was my spiritual mentor. If I called her that, she'd, she, well, she'd gone to glory now, but she would be appalled. But it was her prayers that began to shape my life as a small child. So never underestimate the power of prayer, the power of witness, and lives will be transformed. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Bishop, very much.